We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it's episode 38, and we're going to call this one our episode of champions because we are going to be joined by two special guests this week both of them college football national champions first up to talk about the Buckeyes we've got Duran Grant uh, former Ohio State champion cornerback and former NFLer he joins us to talk about his time at Ohio State and the Buckeyes off to a 3-0 start Mm, the season's going to get paused for a minute but we'll see where it goes from there We're going to have Cecil Shorts back. Cecil joined us for an episode earlier, and so he's going to talk with us about Browns, Texans coming up this week, all that, plus our Garage Beers of the Week. So come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to episode 38 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at The Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook at The Garage Beers podcast. Give us a follow. Give us a like. And, uh, you know, play along with us. Suggest some beers. uh, Put some memes up because I feel like that's all Chad does on there. And we love that. So, yeah, go follow us. And, uh, and. And, uh, and interact with us on our social medias. With you, as always, your host, Michael Keefe. You can find me on there online at Garage Beers Mike on both Twitter and Instagram. And with me, as always, just a couple of dudes being bros. It, oh. is, it, it is over on the east side of Cleveland. Find him online at Garage Beers Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Oh, man. Uh, you know, if you get tired of my memes, I can always stop putting them up there, man. You know, I, I just try to, I just try to keep it light. I try to make people laugh and enjoy. Oh, Oh, what's that flashlight? No, I'm doing good guys. It's a clear black night, a clear white moon. And I'm on the street <laughs> trying to pursue. It is. It's a, it's a beautiful night over here in Menor, And, uh, you know, I'm what are you trying to, to consume out there on the street? Ooh, uh, <laughs> man, there's a sheep. There's a sheep right up the road. Maybe some, maybe some late night. Maybe some fourth meal. I don't think that's what they were talking about in that song. Probably not, but that's what <laughs> for for the sake of the pod. That's what I'm talking about. For hey, the sake of your marriage. Let's 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 uh, t- like I don't know. Talk about this for a second. Uh, so people like you know for for. Fourth meal, a lot of people love Taco Bell, especially after a few garage beers. 
Uh, yeah, Mike, Mike, raise your hand. Joey, what what are you? What are you a, a guy like after you drink after you drink your beers? Like just what what what, what is your Taco Bell your place after a few beers or? Oh no, we got a, we got a better place down here, and I, I hate to say that because uh, I don't want to be like, oh, I got a better place tonight. But no, this southeastern um, uh, food chain called Cookout is okay. like five bucks for just a tray, just a styrofoam. <laughs> greasy container of burgers <laughs> fries mm. quesadillas milkshakes milkshakes Ooh, comes great. outside of the container so good you are not pissing see, anybody that, off with that that's mm-hmm. great see, no see and that's what I, that's what i'm t- saying i had this thought is like what doesn't taste good after a few after a few garage be like is there have, salad. You, have, you guys had, have you guys had any food that's like yeah this kind of sucks no i'm trying to think of my favorite my favorite i'm gonna i'm gonna give homage Back to my Bowling Green days, uh-huh. there was a place in downtown Bowling Green called Mr. Spots. Uh-huh. And Mr. Spots served what I can only imagine were really mediocre, like cheesesteak sandwiches, like Philly <laughs> cheesesteaks. Yeah. Like if you got one at noon, you probably would never go back. Yeah. But, but if you got one at 2.30 a.m., <laughs> I cannot tell you the amount of times where we would pick that up, walk back to the apartment, and I would, I know I would eat some of it, but I would wake up with the other half of it on my chest in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, so shout Ashland, out to you, Mr. Spots. See, at Ashland, all it, all it really was, there was two different pizza places. There was uh, Dorlo's and Papa John's. Now, Papa John's was the early favorite because uh, it stayed open till like 2 a.m. on the weekends, right? And it, 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 for an extra large one-topping pizza, three dollars <laughs> three dollars for an extra large one topping pizza but then oh you guys uh, want to split came, this up came dorlo's dorlo's would give you a half sheet of pizza and deliver you a 12 pack of beer <laughs> for like Boom. 15 bucks Boom. <laughs> so it was it was always a constant battle there uh, there at the end of the night all right so chad's all uh, chad is just going deep into late night drink snacks Uh, But I think you're right. I think you can't go wrong. Uh, Let's throw it over. You've already heard him once, but let's give him his proper introduction down in Nashville, Tennessee. Find him on Twitter at Garage Beers Joe. It's Joey Whalen. What's up, Joe? I thought you were going to forget about me. Never. Oh, thanks. Uh It's so nice of you. Uh, Is it it like the HR departments that ruin our lives? (laughs) I just, I'm confused. Um, Because when I'm having a conversation with you guys or a friend and like, Maybe just like something doesn't go our way. I'll just f- tell you. And I will just use as many sailor words as I got in the dictionary. I don't really care. In the work environment, it's a little different. And you can't. And so when something like gets me like angry or something, I, I get like this like little like like bowling ball that comes up in my throat. And so like anytime I try to rebuttal, I'll be like, <laughs> and, and i feel like my temple like pulsing with rage and i'm like there's like twelve thousand words i need to say to your face right now but i can just muster <laughs> I, I i just had a very similar experience to that um recently and um, um that's all the detail i can give but it was very uh I'm glad I'm glad you were able to get past it for the podcast tonight because that would have made for a miserable podcast for you right. if that's all you were able to do. All right, yeah, the bowling ball is gone, uh, thankfully. 
Um, anger still is a little so, rage. Still a little rage. Yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty testy interview um, <laughs> with uh, with our guest today. So sorry in advance, um, but uh, you know I got a beer, so and it's like eight and a half percent. So my goal is by the time we get to garage beers, I'm one beer down. So that will be eight and a half percent closer to being drunk. I don't really, I don't know how that works. Get after it. Well, hey, listen, you just called it and we're going to transition to it. We got a great, we have a great episode uh, for you here tonight. We've got, uh, again, former Ohio State football champion, uh, Duran Grant on the podcast. He's going to talk to us about the Buckeyes and we have got a return guest, uh, he was awesome with us the first time. We were looking forward to talking to him again. Cecil Shorts the third, former champion in Mount Union. Uh, he lives down in the Houston area. He's done a lot of work with the Texans. He played with the Texans uh, and now does some work with them. And we're going to catch up with him because the Browns play the Texans this upcoming weekend. But before we get into all of that, of course, we've got to do our garage beers of the week. And so, Joe, you're real excited about your garage beer this week. So I'm going to send it to you first. We're going to kick off. What's your garage beer of the week this week? Well, you didn't give me enough time to finish the first one, but here we go. <laughs> oh, shoot. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, jeez. Um, here comes go, the rage again. Here no, comes I, the bowling ball. Yeah, here it is. Okay. No, this one is actually I'm really excited about. This was the highlight of my day. Um, it's actually one of your favorite breweries, Michael. Uh, Duclaw Brewing Company oh, out of Maryland. Um, I found this little little ditty at a beer store that I go to uh, down here in Nashville. It's called the uh, Pastriarchy Candy Cane Imperial Stout. Wow. Get into the Christmas spirit. It's got go some ahead. candy canes Whoa. on the cover. Very mm-hmm. nice. Um, it, it, it has a Tahitian vanilla bean mint. <laughs> uh, it has okay. lactose listed as the third flavor you taste. I don't know. I've never seen that before. Um, sure. And candy cane. Uh, very good. The stout, like base of it, fantastic. The the peppermint part, um, it borderlines mouthwash a little bit, uh, but it's on the good side of it. So like, <laughs> I think if there's like a little more, I'd be a little off put, but I, I kind of like it. It's like that little like forbidden listerine that you swallow after you spit it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got hints of forbidden listerine. <laughs> Most people, most people call it backwash, but like it's, it's yeah, forbidden, yeah. forbidden listerine. <laughs> I'm going to. I can't wait to mouthwash later because I am going for. I am going all in on the forbidden listerine. <laughs> That's definitely getting added to my vocabulary. <laughs> forbidden listerine. You can't, you can't have too much, or else I think you die. So Chad, it's like Chad's a little be, bit that you're allowed to have. His, Chad's gonna be in his bathroom. And he's just gonna be like, whoop. His wife's going to be like, oh, what's wrong? He's going to be like, no, nothing. Forbidden Listerine. That's it. it. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I don't really know how to even assess what you just did there, Joe, but it sounds good. It's an eight Uh, out of 10, if that helps. I like it a lot. It's an eight out of 10. Forbidden Listerine puts it over the edge. Uh, All right, Chad, let's see. What, What do you have? What can you do to compete with that? I can't, I can't at all, <laughs> but you should, but I'm telling you right now, Joey, you should contact Duke Claw and have them make a brew called Forbidden Listerine. <laughs> if we go to uh... that's like, that's a total beer. Like that's a total, I don't know, mint something name, but that's awesome. What was, that? What was uh, the Jay Crawford uh, brewery? brewery? Uh, I forget the name brew of it. Kettle. Brew, brew Kettle. Kettle. Brew Kettle. That could be our beer that we brew at Brew Kettle is for Forbidden yeah. Listerine. <laughs> uh, 
Well, guys, I'm going to get a little bit more serious and somber for this one. Um, it's a little bit of a funeral, if you will, tonight. Um, it's really sad because it's been, it's been really good to me. Uh, this is my last worldwide stout, Utopias, from Dogfish Head. My last one, guys. <laughs> if you, if you're I, drinking I, everyone on the podcast. Chad's gonna I, have to. Yeah, Chad's gonna have to go to the store. Unfortunately, uh, for the first time in months. It's tough. Uh, it's. I, I don't know what to say, really. I mean, it's. It's. We're, there's not many beers you can drink, okay? Where you only need one and you're pretty set for the night, okay? And, and this one is it. And you know, it's been, been really nice. We've had some really good pods. You know, some of, of my beer. favorite like second half of the shows have come from you drinking that beer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, I just thought, and I just thought this was a special one. So here we go. You might just drink it really fast and let's see what happens. Uh, all right, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got a straw with a shotgun it. Done. Oh God. Oh God. I like so we've got like an Eastern theme going here. You've got Dewclaw, you've got uh you've got dogfish, kind of that devil. Maryland area going on. I'm yeah. gonna take it east as well. So uh backstory, I was just for one night in like southeastern, south central, southeastern Pennsylvania this last week, in the middle of nowhere. And it was about five and a half hours away from here in Cleveland. And I was driving home and I stopped, I had to get gas, and I stopped in a little town called Pottsville, Pennsylvania. and I didn't know anything about Pottsville, Pennsylvania, but they had a gas station. So a couple things I noticed immediately about Pottsville, Pennsylvania. One, maybe one of the meth addict capitals of the world. Oh, it's like Ashtabula County. It's like Ashtabula County in Ohio. It was methy (laughs) in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, The gas station was just lined up with methiness. Uh, Okay, all right. But the other thing I noticed when you're driving into Pottsville, Pennsylvania, it says Yingling welcomes you to Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Oh. And I realized, oh, shit, this is where Yingling is. Oh. I pulled up my GPS, and I my gas station was like two blocks from the Yingling Brewery. Look at that. So listen, I'm not a big Yingling fan. Once, once it became readily available everywhere, it kind of lost all of its luster. Yeah. But... But it is historic. Yingling is is recognized as the oldest brewery in the country. Yeah. So I went over and stopped by Yingling. And a, they had a great little gift shop. It was really cool to see. It, it, it's a very cool looking place. Yeah. So I went into the gift shop and I said to the lady, she goes, well, what, what are you looking for? And I was like, well, not Yingling. <laughs> <laughs> so what other kind of stuff do you have? And she suggested that I grabbed this little collaboration that Yingling does. And it's a collaboration between Yingling and Hershey's. Because this oh. is not far from Hershey, PA. Oh, sweet. Oh, okay. And this is the Yingling Hershey's Chocolate Porter. Ooh. Okay. All right. And it is terrific. Okay. Okay. It's a porter, so it's a little yeah. lighter than a stout. It's not heavy. Yeah. It's not overly sweet, but it just has that hint of chocolate to it. Yeah. And it is phenomenal. So shout out to Yingling. I'm really enjoying uh, this uh, Hershey's Chocolate Porter from Yingling. Yeah. And uh, and it was really cool. It was cool to see the old building that's recognizable. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it was a good time. You had to do it for the historical purposes. Why not? Right. I host yeah. a beer podcast. I had yeah. to stop. Hello. 
all I did was I had to wade through a couple methy uh, situations, and and I made my way to the brewery. It was a good time. Hey, this is a great brewery. Do you know that there's meth addicts hanging out at the gas station? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so listen, before we get to our first guest, who is Duran Grant, we do have a little breaking news, uh, and we we recorded this with Duran <laughs> on Tuesday of this week. Mm-hmm. And since that happened, news broke. We did a little bit of a preview for yeah. the Ohio State-Maryland game this upcoming weekend, which is not going to happen because right. Maryland got the COVID. Yes. Yes. So Ohio State will not be playing Maryland, which looked to be their best opponent at this point. Maryland right. came in 2-1. and one, Right. And they won't even be making that game up because they don't have the time to do it. So this game just gets wiped off the board. Ohio State's going to stay at 3-0, and yep. uh, and they will not play Maryland. So when we get to the part with Duran about uh, the Maryland game upcoming, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to go as a no contest, I guess. So uh, we, won't get it, we won't get our chance to see how this secondary matches up against the younger Tug of Iowa. I was looking forward to that, too. Yeah, me too. Talia Tug of Iowa. But- yeah. We're not going to see it. We're not going to see if Ohio State's defense could continue to grow and, and uh, shape up a little bit. But uh, but anyways, I think that's a good segue into because this was awesome talking to him. We had a really good time. That's a good segue for us to get into this interview with former Ohio State cornerback national champion Duran Grant. Okay, and that brings us to our very special guest this week. It's another Buckeye. And not only is it another Buckeye, it is another national champion Ohio State Buckeye. We've had several of them, Mo Hall, Tyvis Powell. Uh, we're excited to bring another one in, another national champion from the Northeast Ohio area. It was a standout at St. Vincent, St. Mary. Uh, then one was part of that 2014-2015 national championship uh, team for the Buckeyes. Went on to play in the NFL with the Steelers, the Bills, the Giants, the Jags, the Bears, and and I'm excited to get into this last part because as bummed out as I was when it happened, I'm excited to talk about it. Also spent part of this last year in the XFL with the DC Defenders. Uh, uh, so we're really, really excited to bring in Duran Grant. Duran, welcome to the Garage Beers podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Now, yeah, man, we're uh, now Duran. Oh, now Duran, we had uh, we had Tyvis Powell on at, at, at yes. one point. He said uh, he said you two were like peas in a pod back there. You, know, you you two were counted on to be leaders, but also to be jokesters. Well, what are your thoughts on Mister Powell? Definitely. Uh, that guy, he's definitely a jokester, uh-huh. but he's definitely a leader. And he's, you know, he did both of those throughout his career at Ohio State and his life. But uh, he's, yeah, he was right. Definitely two peas in a pot. Me and him had to communicate with everything. We had to communicate to the other defensive backs, the linebackers. Uh, it was crucial in that boundary. Okay. Now, he recently had the Grim Reaper wings at uh, BW3. Uh, uh, would you take that challenge? Would you, how are you with spicy food? I, I don't know how. <laughs> I just got into spicy food. Okay. So I don't know. Oh. Yeah, that might be a little much for me. Okay. <laughs> how are you? So you're just dipping your toe into the spicy food waters? Uh, yeah, something like, sort of like that. You know, my palate so what are you starting with? <laughs> what are you starting with? What are you, how, what are you using to get your feet wet in, in spicy foods? Uh, well, I never really ate hot wings. Oh, really? That's something that's new. I usually more of a honey mustard or barbecue. So okay. hot wings, I'm going to start with there. I'm going to start with hot wings. I'm going to go with the Grim Reaper wings. And 
literally die. <laughs> oh, Chad, would you do Grim Reapers? Hell no. Uh, Hell no. <laughs> I, would, I would be laid up for a week <laughs> if I did that. Your poor family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really awesome to, uh, to have Duran on. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about uh, the 3-0 and Buckeyes. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about this Big Ten. Because... Undefeated. We're undefeated. There we go. Yeah, undefeated. <laughs> We do have to take a minute to talk about this Big Ten because woof. But but before we get into that, let's talk about you for a minute uh, and a little bit about your path to the Buckeyes because I always find this fascinating. Everybody's got a different story about how they got to the Buckeyes. You uh, are probably our our kind of highest recruited player we've had on. Uh, you were you were like the number three corner in the country coming out of high school. Uh, well, you're gonna you say one, so I will. I'll go with what you say because you're here. Uh, <laughs> so according to DuranGrantRatings.com, you were the number one corner coming out of high school. I just did it as this. I did it consistent rate between scout rivals and the ESPN. I was like, hey, I was the only guy in the top three in all, in all those, so I'm number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? I mean, hey, do you remember? Do you remember who the other, like maybe two of the other guys were that were like competing yeah, with you? Quandre Diggs, Nick Waysom. Oh. oh, okay. That was so like hard. decent names. That was about it. Just a couple decent names. Yeah. yeah. Have, you know, haven't really done much since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So obviously you were at, at St. V down in Akron. Um, uh, you were, uh, you know, an awesome player down there, both offensively, defensively, you scored a bunch of touchdowns as a wide receiver and, uh, and also played corner. Uh, but then you chose Ohio State. So just talk to us a little bit about your path to Ohio State. What made you ch- – I'm going to guess coming out as the number one uh, rated <laughs> corner coming out, you probably had your choice of wherever you really wanted to go. What made you choose the Buckeyes? Yeah, yeah, I really did. I had a lot of options. USC was uh, pulling at me. LSU was trying to get me. Uh, Alabama was trying to get me. Uh, but it came down to Ohio State, Michigan State. My dad, he went to Michigan State, four-year guy there. 79-82. We played with Morton Anderson. Oh, wow. Uh, Kirk, he was in the same nice. room. Yeah, the same room, same wide right receiver room was Kirk Gibson. So that was that was something growing up. Nice. It was alumni events. But um, I honestly didn't know because I love Michigan State. I grew up up there. I will always be on campus. And, and of course, Ohio State, you know, my family's Buckeyes. And I got people close to me, Buckeyes, Antonio Pittman and Beanie Wells. So I told my dad one day, I was like, Dad, I'm going to flip a coin. Heads Ohio State, tails Michigan oh, no. State. I'm going to do it right here in front of you, and only me and you going to see it, and that's how I'm going to make my decision. And he, and he stopped me. He said, nope, you oh. can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you can't do that. You can't. So I was like, all right, well, what should I do, Dad? And he's a Spartan, and we're in Buckeyes, and we're in the Buckeye State. So he's just sitting there, and we're looking, and he just, well, you know, if you want to, you know, have a good career, you know, legacy Michigan State, but if you want to play in the big game, you go down 71 South. And that's what I did. Wow. That's what I did. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Dad. That's yeah. good advice. Because <laughs> he I mean, not that Michigan. It'd probably been awesome at Michigan State. It would have been cool to kind of carry on your dad's legacy and all that stuff at Michigan State. But, like, that's what he what said. He's like, yeah, legacy and all. But you want to play in the big game, you go down there. That's so, that is so much better than flipping a coin. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. I thought so, too. And that's so much better advice than, than I got when I left college. Like, my, my, my dad gave me a handshake. And he goes, son, your ass better get good grades. And when you start drinking, I don't want none of this natty light shit. If you need some high quality stuff, <laughs> I'll send you home. But, you're, but your dad's like, listen, legacy, 
go play Division One football, yeah. <laughs> become a national championship. That's a lot better. Right. <laughs> yeah, much better situation. So that, that begs the question. Chad usually answers this question. We're totally skipping ahead. Mm-hmm. But again, I, in, in your intro, I introduced you as a national champion. We'll get to that little run that you guys had there. But one of Chad's favorite questions, and I'm bringing it up now because you're talking about your dad. Okay. Uh, when we talk to champions, we've talked to – not just football champions, uh, although Cecil Shorts, football champion at Mount Union. We've talked to hockey champions. We've talked to, to champions. And Chad always asks the same question. Where is your stuff? Like your championship ring, your, you know, any, any of your stuff from your title, where is that? Who has that? My dad. I knew it. <laughs> I, knew it. I knew it. He has everything. He has all my rings. He has it all. Nobody, nobody, nobody has their stuff except for Mo Hall. Mo Hall has his ring when we talk to him. I just find that that's, 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 that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I don't, nah, I don't even know where it's at, honestly. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Take this. He's taking great care of it, trust me. Yeah, sure. that's awesome. <laughs> so almost flipped a coin to decide on Ohio State, but your dad gave you some good advice. So then you get down there 2011, and, and what's cool about that is you're, you're an immediate contributor for the Buckeyes. You're not – uh, you know, you don't have to sit around and wait to get on the field. Right. Although you didn't, you didn't start every game really until your junior year. You're an immediate contributor uh, for that team. So, you know, just talk about that transition going from St. V to Ohio State and, and what that was like for you transitioning into, you know, major Big Ten college football. Um, it was it was definitely different. Um, even though all the recruiting trips and games, you know, it's just not the same as actually being there. So, you know, you move in, you get there, you know, all your stuff moved in and, now you're just sitting there like, okay, it's, it's real now. I'm actually one of these guys now. So you go to the workouts. They're hectic. They're intense. At that time, it was Eric Lichter when I first got in there. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he was intense. You know what he does. And he's great. And so it was different. The speed was way faster. But at the same time, it was just fun. It was yeah. honestly just like, it was like being in a dream. Because it was like, I always wanted to put on that helmet mm-hmm. and putting it on. I love it. What was the- I just embraced it. What was the moment? Did you have like a whoa like moment <laughs> that was like, okay, this is welcome to the Big Ten or welcome to major college football? Oh yeah, summer summer workouts. Oh yeah, summer workouts <laughs> before summer break. We had a summer run. We had stadium runs. We had to run the whole shoe, <laughs> all the way to the top, to all the way oh. at the tippy top to the student section, all the way down, Ooh. all the way up the home well, Behind the home bench, all the way up the side, all the way around, oh. all the way around. Oh. <laughs> and then we had to run gases after that on the field, oh. in the stadium. So at 6 a.m. Oh, oh God. All right. So that would be the end. That'd be the end of me. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to find something else to study and I'm going to make a career out of something. Listen, else. Dad, I flipped it. Listen, Listen, Dad. A couple guys good. did. Mark, a couple of walk on guys did and some other guys did. It was like, uh, this is not for me. Listen, Dad, I flipped, you know, I flipped another I coin. Think... Listen, Dad, I flipped another coin. <laughs> I'm going to study. <laughs> Yeah, I've never really thought about this, but like, I never really thought about that position of being, especially for somebody like you, just such a top level recruit. You go on your recruiting trips, you get treated like gold on those recruiting trips, right? I mean, they they deck you out, they give you stuff, they they show you around everything. You are treated like a king, and then all of a sudden you make your choice. You get to Ohio State, and you're not a king anymore. You're a freshman. <laughs> That's got to be a weird you're position. A freshman. Yeah, the coaches treat you like a freshman. The trainers treat you like a freshman. The players treat you like a freshman. Uh, yeah, so, you yeah, you're humble very quickly. Yeah, well, it's probably good in that, and that probably builds the the character. We've talked a lot about – 
with all the Buckeyes we had on. I know Anthony Schlegel last week was talking about the character and the, and the, and the Buckeye, the Buckeye lifestyle, which by the way, uh, I don't know if you're a baseball guy, but has, Chad, has anybody seen Anthony Schlegel and Nick Swisher in a room together? No. Ever? Because no. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> those two guys have the same voice. The fact, the fact that you had to think about yeah. that, Dorian. <laughs> yeah. That, those, I, I, was I, I was like, okay. I was listening to Schlegel on the podcast last week going, are we talking to Nick Swisher or <laughs> Anthony Schlegel? Uh but yeah, probably built, you know, that character that ultimately winds up in, uh, you know, in probably one of the coolest things. You're a senior when you guys win the national championship. So you've been through four years of fighting, of expectations, of bad losses that, you know, wreck a season. One loss wrecks a season. That's how college football works. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome that you got to the top your senior year. That's how you got to go out of Ohio State. Right. And honestly, it's actually, it's really, you can say that buildup was from freshman year. From our class, because we were, Tressel's last signees. We were his last right. signees, you know, and we're on that first year, Fickle took over, and, you know, it was, that was six and seven. Yep. That's not our standard. The next no. year, when, when, you know, coach comes in, he comes in, he, he he comes in, and he switches it up. <laughs> you know, he came in, and he, he, was, he uh, was there. Yeah, he, he was there. He let us know he was there. We knew he was there. <laughs> kind of separated, <laughs> kind of separated, the, separated the men from the boys, huh? Yeah. I will say this. One interesting thing, I don't know if anybody told you guys this, but one interesting thing was the day we came back, the day after we came back from the Gator Bowl in 2011, mm-hmm. we had a meeting. 6 a.m. with Urban Meyer. <laughs> and we had to get in our new coaching staff because we had a brand new coaching staff. As soon as we got off that plane that next morning, like, brand new coaching staff. And uh, we're sitting there, and he's addressing the team. He's introducing his staff. He's introducing everybody. And he's just addressing us. He's talking to us. He gets to looking at the national champions on the wall, and he just stops. And he turns and look at us and says, you know we're going to win a national title with me, right? Oh. Then even next year, he said within the next year or two years, it's going to happen. Oh, so yes. the plan is infallible. So therefore, <laughs> you guys show up, work your asses off. I handle my job, and you're going to do this someday. <laughs> and I'll be damned if we didn't do that. So there we go. What? How many? The nuts. That's, if the you want to know inside of his psyche, or if you want to know the the magic or the majestic of that man. There you go. That's just one right there. For wow. You. How many walls, how many walls you did just... you have to replace after you guys ran through them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, you just finished a season like the day before. You were probably ready to go for another game right there. Like, let's go. Man. Yeah, that was uh, – uh, I knew we had something special, man, for sure. Well, and that's uh, – you know, that's, a, that's a, an interesting question, though. I mean, I, there was that fickle year in between. But you came in with Tressel. He was your, your – your, head coach when you first got there he wasn't uh, just there right well right yeah yeah so, he so re- yeah it was right right when we signed so that's right when you signed is when yeah. he was gone mm-hmm. man did you did you have any thoughts of right. maybe going like because i know that's a lot of college players oh like, yeah the whole class did our whole oh did yeah. you okay our whole recruiting class did we we're all on the phone texting like what we gonna do like we standing man and we were just like man this is ohio state they gonna we kind of already knew they were going to get somebody. Yeah. We, we knew yeah. they were going to get somebody, so. 
Yeah, they got some. I guess you could call him somebody. They got somebody. So, <laughs> so your senior year. Somebody feel that role. Right. Yeah. Your senior year, you guys stormed through. You make it to the first ever uh, college football playoff, which was really cool because we – everybody, I don't know, fans especially, just like 90% of fans have been begging for that forever. Right. And, and then you play in one of the great games of all time, which was really – that semifinal game yeah. against Alabama. Right. That was – you know, we asked Tyvis about that, but we'll get your input on that too. Take us back to just what it was like to be a part of that game. Like when you think back on it now, what are your thoughts on being a part of that game? Well, when I have to bring up Urban Meyer again because <laughs> when he talked to us that, that one – when he was introducing himself and his coaching staff – one of the names she said, Alabama. We'll probably see them. Like all, it just—it was just crazy. Just thinking about all this stuff coming to fruition as it's yeah. happening. It's like, what the heck is this dude? Is yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? He's working straight and crazy. But yeah, um, it was—it was amazing. Uh, the most—the best thing I liked about it was the playoff atmosphere. You got to feel it. You can actually feel it. Not just see the brackets on TV. You felt yeah. it mm-hmm. going along, like throughout the week different events, fans, they're everywhere. Alabama fans were everywhere. Our fans were everywhere. Like, we're coming in and out of a hotel. They're cheering for us. It's just middle of the week. It's just, like, crazy. Like, you know who's <laughs> on whose side. Like, this is really, like, high school playoff football times 20. Like, it was crazy. Now, Tyva, That's the part I live for. Now, Tyva said uh, that was definitely, like, way more physical than the national championship game. Like, do they, like, he felt oh, yeah. like he felt like that that was actually the national championship game. No disrespect to Oregon, but he felt like that no, was the game. Is, yeah, I mean, you know, they won their semifinal game by 40, so yeah. definitely no disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, definitely right. no disrespect, but uh, it was just different. You know, mm-hmm. SEC-minded teams, SEC-like teams, mm-hmm. you know, you want to talk about build and, I guess, Urban Meyer and – Nick Saban type teams, you would say more so. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, we were ready. We were ready to compete. Uh, they were physical. Of course, we knew it was going to be an amazing game. I mean, we didn't think about after. We didn't think about making it to the national championship game. Like you guys said, that kind of was. And as honestly, the Big Ten championship was too, because we never yeah. really won anything in our classes before that. Yeah. We we never won anything. So that was the first like championship we won since we've been there. The Big Ten title. So we were so. Great. We were so happy just about that. Then we go there, and then that happens. And then, I mean, that, by the time we got to the national championship, we were just like, uh. I just can't even. I, I, I almost kind of always forget about that. I don't forget about it, but, but you know, I get so wrapped up in like the Alabama game and then the national championship game. I almost kind of forget about that Big Ten game. And, and then every time I think of it, I just, it's like, oh, yeah, remember Cardell Jones just throwing like 60 yard bombs for touchdowns every time he threw the ball? On a first start. <laughs> On a first start. <laughs> So, so take us back. Uh, the defining play of that Alabama game, obviously, is the Zeke run for the touchdown to really kind of ice where it was at. Because you kind of felt there was momentum shifts all through that game. Okay. Alabama had a little bit of momentum right there. Especially in the first half, yeah. And then Zeke just takes off mm-hmm. and goes. So what is, what is Duran Grant doing on the sideline when Zeke is just sprinting down the field for that touchdown? Well, first thing I think is, because I'm watching it, I'm watching the play on the on the jumbotron. So as it's going, yeah. I just see number six come out of nowhere like a lightning flash and take two people off yeah. their feet. And I just see 15 cut off his rear end and he gone. 
and our whole sideline going crazy. I'm just sitting there watching with no emotion, waiting for him to cross the goal line. Cause, yeah, right, know, right, right. It's that type of game, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, then it's, then it's an excitement, you know what I mean? Okay, let's go. Play you know you're from, you know you're from, you know you're from Northeast Ohio when that's your attitude when something's good is happening. We've for seen your team. too much football. We've <laughs> right. seen too much football. Anything can happen. You gotta wait. It ain't, you ain't got it till you got it. Once that clock it doesn't zero. matter if the entire Alabama team fainted and they're all just laying on the ground. He nothing good has happened until he crosses that goal line. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. So, so you guys go on. You 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 beat Oregon uh, in just uh, convincing fashion uh, to win that national title, and then you ride off. That's that's your send off from Ohio State, which there could not have been a better send off than winning the national championship, and then going off you get drafted uh by the Steelers which uh. yeah no. why'd, why'd you have to do yeah. that hey they chose me yeah you should have you should have pulled like a uh Eli Manning in uh, in the what was I, didn't that, the fourth have, round? I didn't have that type of leverage in the fourth <laughs> round you know what nah yeah I had but yeah, so then your your NFL career, you you bounced around a bit. Uh, Steelers again. You spent time with the Bills, the Jags, the Giants, the Bears, uh, uh, and then and then I, I want to get to this year before we get into the the current Ohio State Buckeyes because you were part of that rehashing of the XFL, yeah, and the DC Defenders and teamed up with some former teammates over there uh, from the Buckeyes. Cardale was the quarterback and. Uh, what was that? What was that experience like going into the XFL and and and, and taking part in that? And was it as, was it as kind of fun to be a part of? Because I think they get, kind of got it right this time, and then COVID just yeah. came through and smashed everything. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, I thought it was going pretty well. The turnouts were good. At least our home games. Well, a lot of people's home games, but our home games were stacked. Like they were at that point, they were just sick of the Redskins, I guess, and or the <laughs> the Washington football oh, team. Yeah. I, I yeah. Oh yeah. So they were just like you know. It was saying, you know, like, that we were their team. Like, the first game, you act like we were coming off a championship. Like, it was stacked. Like, people were screaming and crazy. We go out on the field, everybody's standing up. I'm like, wow, this is – Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. So, you know, yeah, like, it was – this is – okay, this is what I'm used to. You know, <laughs> so it was like – so we were playing, and that was pretty good. I would say, you know, for a startup, for, you know, for them to bring it back, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was a good opportunity. Was there a part of you that wanted to, like, kind of decide who got the ball first? You know, when they used to throw the ball at midfield and you raced, you raced towards midfield. And I don't know if you know the old XFL rules, but, man, oh, man. No, I didn't. Yeah, I had no idea. What were, what were they? Oh, remember? Oh, my the, God. The scrum at the beginning of the, the coin game. Toss, the coin toss at the beginning. The coin toss was they threw a football ah. at midfield and two guys ran towards each other. At midfield, like rugby. kind of like rugby, like rugby? kind of, but it was just two guys, and they, and they had to basically fight for the ball. Like you could tackle them, you whoever could. came out with the ball, <laughs> yeah. like dodgeball. How you go start a dodgeball game? You gotta, yeah, 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 okay. yeah exactly. Right. But here's the funny thing: full contact. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Full contact. The first play, the first game of the XFL ever mm. in that original one. <laughs> yeah. The guy that was in – I don't remember what two teams they were, but the, one of the guys that was going for the ball at the beginning of the game, yeah. season-ending injury. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they continue to do it throughout the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Got, I guess. Guys had got. Well, that's why it lasted one year. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you didn't have to do that for oh, the defenders. Sure. So, uh, so yeah, uh, just the last thing before we get into the, to the Buckeyes, uh, you know, you, you, your season got cut short. You had a couple seasons get cut short by COVID really. Right, yeah. uh, so what are your plans moving forward with, with your football career? Well, right now I'm a free agent and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I know the XFL, I think it's coming back in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, we'll see about that. Uh, if I get a call from NFL, great. I'll take it. But if not, I'll say next year, probably get ready to trans- transition out. Uh, I'm actually working with Raw Town Sports here right now. Yeah. Uh, they're in Cle- They're based out of Cleveland, Ohio. I'm going to be uh, actually being the head director here in Columbus and Eastern Ohio. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, uh, Resolute Athletic Complex, right across the chiller. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually have a showcase this Sunday. We have a showcase, uh, Raw Talent Sports Columbus Exposure. We'll be, uh, Ohio Dominicans want to be there, Mercyhurst University. A lot of kids, you know, especially because of COVID with recruiting, kind of got, you know, kind of messed up a lot of people's chances and a lot of college guys, you know, getting another year. So we're going to have something at least for some smaller schools to come in and take a look at some guys since they're, they're allowed to and they're not, uh, you know, their seasons were ended. So we're going to have a, a camp for some juniors and seniors to let them, you know, show their skills and uh, uh, do some drills and hopefully they get some exposure. Then uh, I'll actually start training myself um, November 30th. Nice. Great. Nice. Speed, skills, and specific position. Yeah, That's yeah, I was going to ask you that. I, I knew you were a coach, but I, I didn't know it was like a coach, mm-hmm. but I didn't know it was that raw talent. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I came through raw talent sports with Mark Harris. You know, he's the CEO out of Shaker Heights, Ohio. Okay. And uh, Denzel Ward came through there. Uh, Frank Clark came through there. Uh, Travis Kelsey was trained there when we were younger. That's what I'm saying. Like, now that we're all older now, it's like crazy. Like, now he's getting his fruit. So he's like, okay. So all the guys, <laughs> when we were young, young, like he actually sharpened this on this game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to take it off and uh, hopefully bring out some more guys. Well, hey, listen, you you concentrate on that, and that's really cool. But, like, you know, if if you're an NFL GM that's listening to this podcast right now that, you know, is looking for a corner. Uh, you're safe. I'm ready. You probably got yeah. it. You probably got his number. Yeah. Or, or, or I'm sure The Rock has your number on speed dial. To bring you back to bring you back in the XFL if you if you want to if you so choose to yeah we can talk we can negotiate (laughs) negotiate (laughs) all right let's talk about the undefeated Ohio State Buckeyes last weekend a forty nine twenty it's like their closest game who who would have guessed that a forty nine twenty seven win over Rutgers who Rutgers isn't like as bad as they usually are Uh, they seem like they're a little better uh, but. Man, some of the stuff going on for these Buckeyes, especially offensively. You know, we'll talk to you, especially as a defensive player. We'll talk a, a bit about defense. But offensively, just another game. How incredible is it that this just looks standard for this Buckeyes team? Where you look at Justin Fields' stat line from that game, and it's 24 of 28 for 314 yards and five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like in any other team or game or whatever, I would look at that stat line and be like, whoa, but I just open up the Ohio State one, and I see that, and I'm like, man, eh, okay. Justin Fields had his normal. Justin game. Fields is getting the LeBron James treatment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Every time he that? steps on the field, he he puts he it's a virtuoso, and everybody looks like ah, he always does that 
45, 15, and 12. Oh, five yeah. touchdowns. Oh, four or five touchdowns, 350 yards passing. Yeah. Uh, 90, 94% completion. So what? Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, we're, so what? We're, we're getting spoiled. So what? We're getting spoiled. And Ohio State is definitely spoiled at quarterback. Come oh, sure. On, sure. From Kenny Guyton to Justin Fields, let's be, let's be honest now. That's spoiled. That's yeah, spoiled. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's spoiled. Yeah. I'm just I, I like I said I, I I open up the stat sheet and I'm just like okay he did what he did and they got this running game that it's a funny running game right because nobody runs for a lot of yards really but they ran for over 200 yards as a team so they are running the ball well yeah and and you got to give credit for as good as uh, for as good as Justin Fields is that completion percentage happens because of these guys like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave yeah it's team uh, yeah, I mean, let me like, can I say catch one? everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Coach Day, I mean, the guy is <laughs> he is what I would call. Sorry, can you hear me? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I was getting a call. That dude, he he's a like he will smile in your face. Oh, but when he turn when he when that playbook goes like this, <laughs> it's. Yeah, <laughs> all business. He's a man. That, yeah, he's urbanesque. I would say that. Okay, all right. Is he? I would say that. Yes. All right. Now. Yeah, it's it's. I uh, mean, look at what he's doing. It's. I mean, that's that's. I mean, yeah, great players. That's coaching too. But yeah, he, he he's yeah. Now Rutgers knew they didn't have a shot, right? I mean, hence hence the gimmicky plays, all the gimmicky plays that they pulled out, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got to try something. They got to try something. Yeah, you still got to try to win the game. Uh, let's right. let's switch over to the defensive side. You know, really young secondary uh, for this Buckeye team. That's probably you know the weakness part of the, of this defense. They, they that the part that needs to develop the most. Being a former uh, defensive back yourself. You know, what are you seeing? How, how, what, what goes into the process of developing when you're a young cornerback? I mean, you yourself played right away as well. What, what goes into that process of growing? Reps. They haven't really gotten many. And that's why you're seeing some of the, you know, some of the play that you're seeing. Because that's all it is. They're great players. They're all good players. They're all capable players. That's not the issue. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they're young. They have to get those reps. So, you know, we got seven woods. You know, he's. He's been there, but he hasn't played. Okay. So now that he's actually playing, you know, that's these are his actual game reps. And, you know, of course, we know with COVID and everything going on, they haven't really, you know, the schedule's thrown off. It's a little this, a little that. But, you know, new coaches, but they'll be fine. I think, honestly, they'll be fine, especially towards the end of the year. You'll see, you'll see them tightening up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a transition period. You know, that's all. They'll be, they'll be top-tier guys, you know, especially at the, towards the end of the year next year. That's just how it goes. Now, are you, well, that's what you're hoping for, especially this year. You're no, hoping the way the Big Ten is, you're hoping that they're just kind of learning the ropes and they're they're kind of having a chance. To yeah, so get their feet wet and uh, you know get it, get some experience. So that's all. That's all I really see. I I, I still see uh, very well coached players. Mm-hmm. It's just experience. That's all. They're well coached. So which game on the schedule for the Buckeyes do you see? Yeah, they got Maryland, two and one Maryland. Yeah, with a with a tug of Viloa as as a quarterback. I mean, that was hey, get excited. He's playing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got all of a sudden Indiana's number ten in the country. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
the week after that, and then you got Illinois, and then you've got two teams that are just atrocious right now, Michigan State and Michigan. Yeah, they still have the, only way, the only way one of those two teams wins is when they play each other. Uh, it, it's, it's awful up there in Michigan. Good. I mean, I know the game at the end of the year yeah. uh, with that team up north is always going to get circled. Just for the sake of the Big something. Ten, though, just for the sake of the Big Ten. Like right. They're but not like, up their end, yeah. Is Indiana the game that you circle on the schedule now? Uh, this year, I guess. This year, this year you have to. I mean, every ten, that's the team to look at. That's what you got to focus. Like, on. like at the beginning not of the, the trap, not a trap game this year. Like at the beginning of the season, if someone would have told you that Indiana was going to be the second best team in the Big Ten, like what would you have done? What would you have said? I'm like, really? I'm like, okay, they got new coaches and recruits, and everything. Else. See what well, not just do. that, not just that, but like Penn State's going to be bad. Michigan's going to be unbeaten through three, or uh, not unbeaten, un, overly beaten. Yeah. Too beaten. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, it's a, it is an upside-down year except for Ohio State. Uh, I think we, as Big Ten fans, always find ourselves kind of fighting mm-hmm. to talk about how good the Big Ten really is. Because, uh, because it's, it's hard <laughs> sometimes. Well, and and people that like you know people that like SEC teams will always just chant about how good the SEC is, and right. it's, it's annoying, it's obnoxious, but it is what it is. It's gonna be there, like, yeah. this year. We don't really have a leg to stand on this outside of Ohio State, and maybe Indiana. We'll see how they wind up, but like they're really there's like no good teams in the Big Ten. It's atrocious. Well, that should tell you one thing: recruiting. Yeah. What's going on in recruiting? That you know, after these players are leaving the university, what's what's going on in the Big Ten region? Well, we're fine, but yeah. obviously, but what's going on there? Right, right, right. I mean, I think that's the question, and uh, we'll, I guess we'll figure that out sometime down the road, or we'll see some changes here soon. Is it a little? I mean, I mean, yeah. it's always satisfying beating Michigan, but is it a little anticlimactic with them? With how <laughs> like, I mean, bad they've been, I guess. I mean, they haven't been bad. They haven't been bad, but they win nine, ten games every year. But it's just, but it's. I mean, right. they're kind of in their John Cooper era. Is it kind of anticlimactic oh. for, for for the wins? A little bit, maybe a little bit, or I no? Mean, nah, nah. <laughs> okay, nah. Right, fair enough. You got to understand what comes with them. The gold pants comes with them, so you can That's never right. add too many of those. That's right. <laughs> you can never add too many of those, and I mean, hey, they. Like you said, they had some 10-win seasons, 11-win seasons, but they're just not – they're here. They're just not that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's so, the difference. That's the difference. It's a, funny, it's a funny thing to talk about the Big Ten because, again, you, you don't assume anything. Maryland could come out and play the game of their lives this week and catch Ohio State, and, and it can happen. You, nobody th- – obviously, Ohio State's going to be double-digit favorites in every game they have left on the schedule. It's, it's just, it just is going to be what it is. But you, did, you never know, so I'm not getting yeah. too ahead of myself here. But looking at how this season has gone, looking at how, you know, Clemson just took the loss, uh, looking at, 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 at some other big-name teams that have taken losses early, if you had to guess the four-team playoff at the end of this year, what teams do you think are, are – what teams do you think you, that we will see in that playoff? Well, Clemson has to be there, even though they took a loss. Even with the loss. Yeah, it was double overtime. So it's not like – and it's Notre Dame. They're a top-four team anyway. So they're not going to move up. You know, they're going to move up, what, two, three spaces maybe? Most of those, yeah. like, those are the 
two of the best teams in the, in the country. They just played each other early. I would say Notre Dame, Clemson, us, of course, and those are really the only teams I'm really looking at, honestly. <laughs> it's got to be Alabama, right? I mean, yeah, Bama, of course. But I mean, nobody's beating them. That's, it's, that's it's another down there. They, they don't really have nobody. They know they're going to be there. They're going to get there. Clemson's it's another probably, league that's down, too. That SEC saying. is down. Yeah, Clemson's going to be there. Notre Dame, They. I mean, they don't have – they're probably going to be – all they have to do is just keep winning. And it's going to be us. So, I, yeah, you know, the SEC is down. I, I, I went to A&M. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I am an Aggie. You know, the SEC is down when the Aggies are like, what are they ranked now? Like seventh in the country or something like that. Like, <laughs> like that means the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> the look on their face. Says I don't know it what's all. happening. <laughs> but we're winning every week. And I don't know why. Hey. <laughs> hey. Well, I know you're happy, right? I, you know, I don't hate it. I got Ohio State's unbeaten. I'm from Northeast Ohio, so of right. course I love Ohio State. Exactly. And the Aggies are in the top ten. That's pretty sweet. But, okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But now getting back to <laughs> so now getting back to this week uh, there, Doran, a little bit more. Um, so this is to the to this date. I mean, this is going to be the best quarterback that this defense is going to face all year. Uh, you know, being a very mobile quarterback and, and you know playing better week to week. Um, what is the challenge in defending a quarterback like that? Um. The challenge will you got to be disciplined, and I'll say it will be a challenge. I think it will be a challenge for this defense because you know the new guys on that on the field on the starting eleven. Um, like I said earlier, they're getting experience, so this will be an experience. You know, this will be a big test for them, and uh, we'll see what they do. But uh, I'll just say discipline and just just pay attention to your keys. Your eyes have to be important with a quarterback like that. He can scramble, he can run it, he can toss it. He he's one of those guys who can make a lot of things happen. So mm-hmm. you have to be on your keys and you have to be disciplined. Okay. You know, it's kind of like the Veer, but just with him. Like, oh. give it, he can throw it. You know, there's so many things you can do with this pass run, pass re, uh, run option. So, it's got to be this. Is Tommy Togai going to be the defensive player of the year? I mean, that guy's uh, all over the field. <laughs> <laughs> defensive tackle, he's good. I mean, he had three sacks in the Penn Man. State game. Yeah, he, he's, yeah he's insane. He's serious. And Coach Johnson is serious. I'll say that, too. <laughs> Anybody if you learned anything about the Buckeyes from Duran Grant on this podcast, it is that the coaching staff deserves Man. a lot of credit. Because the not players only, deserve I'm, credit, but sure, no doubt, of course, because there's no game without the players. The players, right. sure, they're first and foremost always in the story. Yeah. But when we're going to talk about a program which includes everybody, we got to talk about these nine guys who's doing their job outstandingly. I mean, outstanding and over. These past few years, of course, his staff is great. Yeah. They're great teachers, great coaches. They're great great men. Awesome. All right, Doran. We are going to let you go here, but I have one more question for you. All right? <laughs> I, read, yeah. I read today uh, that Coach Combs uh, yeah. says, called you, you know, a jokester. That's kind of where I got it at first. Uh, but he also said that you do impressions and impersonations. I was curious what you might have in your arsenal <laughs> of impressions or impersonation. I'll do one too. I'll do one too. I got a really good oh, one man. that I do. Oh, man, I, I got to think of something now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you put me on the spot. I, I got to, oh, man, you got to go first. I got to think of something. I mean, I do, I do a really good, I do what I think is a really good Cleveland Brown. 
from Family Guy. Oh. I go. Okay. I, oh, no. I go. Oh, oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let me warm up the vocal cords here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I got to stop taking my bath during Peter's shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Though. That's not bad. There we go. Oh. There we go. Hey, who I don't. I, I got nothing. I can't uh, stall for you, buddy. I can't stall for you. I wait, don't. I, I, think I, can do, I think I can do an Adam Sandler. Oh, oh right. what? I think. I, uh, let me see. Uh, let's see. Oh. Okay. Uh, what's that? Oh, what's that one movie called? I think when it's. Uh, okay. He plays this guy, and he he breaks in on these on this couple. I guess they're having an affair or something. He comes in. He's like. Oh. Oh my God! What? What? Is, is, are you guys related or something? <laughs> or it, 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 oh my God! You guys are related. Are you? Did that your half brother? Silence. <laughs> that means it's real. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Oh my God! What, was, what movie is that? I forgot. I want to say it was that one when he was a. Uh, I cannot remember. I can see the line in my head, but I can't. I can't think of it either. <laughs> kind of little Nicky vibes, little Nicky vibes, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> Adam Sandler impressions. I was not ready for that. All right, all right. So we've got impressions. We got the Buckeyes. We're feeling good about this week. Although, again, Maryland can pose some challenges coming in at two and one. Oh, uh, my, my Mufasa is pretty good. James, oh, now I mean, yeah, that. we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Simba. Literally disobeyed me. Oh, there we go. That was so good. <laughs> Doran, Doran, don't call me funny. James Earl Jones Grant. <laughs> See, I feel like anything where you have to cover your mouth like that, it's good. Like you could do like, like Bane, like I'm Bane from Batman. Oh, like, yeah. Kind of voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. The Joker was good too. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we are going to let you out of here, uh, but it was awesome talking to you again. National champion with the Ohio State Buckeyes, a several-year NFL player. Again, if you got his number on speed dial and you're listening to this and you work in the NFL, give him a call. He's ready. Ready to go. I can think, I can think of at least one team that maybe could use a little help at corner. So, uh, you know, give him a call. Yeah. Uh, and former XFLer as well. Uh, but again, uh, working right now with uh, Raw Talent Sports, getting some kids ready for some college football. That's pretty awesome that you're doing that. So, and, and, and an excellent impression, man. Duran Grant, thank you so much for joining the podcast and, and best wishes, best of luck for everything moving forward. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. And thanks again to Duran Grant, former Ohio State Buckeye, former NFLer. Uh, got some cool stuff going on, getting some young men ready to uh, train to go play some college football. Uh, and uh, just some great stories from him about his time at Ohio State. And, and again, uh, unfortunately, all the stuff we talked about with Maryland coming up, not going to happen because of the COVID. But uh, our thanks again to Duran Grant for jumping on the podcast with us. So before we get into our second special guest of the episode, we also have a little bit more breaking news. This happened tonight uh, before we recorded the podcast. Uh, but we're going to jump. We're going to kind of split our football we're going to make a little sandwich. We're going to throw a little baseball in there because the Cy Young Awards were announced tonight, and it was unanimous. Shane Bieber is the American League Cy Young. He won the pitching triple crown. He was absolutely the most dominant pitcher in baseball until the playoffs. And 
there he is, the hardware. What a what a freaking rise! What a what a meteoric rise for Shane Bieber, who goes from kind of a second thought kind of call up. Like again, we've talked about this with Shane Bieber. He wasn't like, oh my god, they're calling up Shane Bieber. Like here we go. He got called up to be like a back end of the rotation kind of guy, mm-hmm. and makes an all-star team his first year and wins the Cy Young his second year. What an incredible season and, and a well-deserved Cy Young award. The Indians' fifth Cy Young award in the last 14 years. Well, you look like you have something to say, Joey. Uh, I mean, that's just insane. What, yeah. what an incredible um, um, uh, I don't know what's the word. What's an, uh, an incredible Like an achievement? Achievement for our farm system and our scouting yeah, sure. uh, team that we have uh, working for the Cleveland Indians. Um, and congrats to Shane Beaver. I think, um, you know, obviously uh, we have the shortened season. Um, I think he would have been dominant all season long. I think he's going to look back at this season as not a, the, his best season, too. I think he's going to look back and be like, there's a lot of things I could have done better. Um, he's going to, that playoff loss is probably going to hang over his head for a while um but uh yeah that's that's huge yeah yeah uh congrats to you shane beaver um indians fans uh enjoy them oh jesus no listen we're not enjoy doing them we're not doing <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be a shit off season for the indians yeah, i know it's gonna be shitty we all know it's gonna be shitty it's gonna suck uh but we're not doing that we're not doing that with this. We are going to let we are going to take our minute to just enjoy some good news with the Indians. And the good <laughs> news is another Cy Young Award winner, uh, another dominant pitcher, uh, a, a staff that's still going to be really good moving forward, even when they dismantle some other parts of the team. But take a minute, quit worrying about all the other nonsense going on with the Indians, and let's just enjoy the fact that we got to watch one of the, again, it, it's it's going to, people are going to always talk about it because it was a short season, but it was one of the most dominant pitching seasons mm-hmm. ever, ever. I mean, everybody was on a level playing field. Everybody pitched the same amount of games. Everybody played the same amount of games. And what Shane Bieber did was so head and shoulders above what anybody else was able to do. Let's just enjoy it. And, and you know what? I'm going to take one more minute of celebration because on the National League side, Former Cleveland Indian, and and I think still kind of fan favorite, Trevor Bauer wins his first Cy Young with the Cincinnati Reds, which I think that's a great story because Trevor was just falling off a cliff, if you'll remember. Last year was a disaster for Trevor Bauer. He was bad with the Indians. He gets traded to the Reds, and I think his like ERA with the Reds last year was like 14. Like mm-hmm. He was awful when he went to the Reds. And a huge bounce back for Trevor Bauer this year. Uh, he wins the Cy Young. So, uh, again, uh, to your point, Joe, uh, that's a guy that the Indians really developed Trevor Bauer. If you remember when they traded for Trevor Bauer, he was he was looked at as like a problem. Uh, he he was he wanted to always warm up differently. He wanted to play long toss differently. He wanted to do everything different than what major league coaches were going to say he was supposed to do. And the Indians kind of gave him his own reins and they let him do all that stuff, turned him into a phenomenal pitcher. Uh, and he was that for a long time here with the Indians. And it's a well-deserved Cy Young award for Trevor Bauer. So, 
you know, to tack on five Cy Youngs in the last 14 years for the Indians, well, Trevor Bauer, I mean, that's kind of like five and a half uh, Cy Youngs in the last 14 years for the Indians. Awesome, awesome for him as well. Sure. I mean, I was just, I mean, I, I kind of just said that lightheartedly, but yeah, I mean, the, this organization continues to turn, turn out dominant pitchers. Uh, you, you know, it's one of the things that's going to be able to keep them competitive regardless of what happens with that lineup. So yeah, well, big congratulations to Shane Bieber. And, you know, I think the people, I, I'm not sure, was it really, I mean, yes, he was a good pitcher. I think people kind of soured on Trevor Bauer last year uh, just because he was so bad. Uh, but he's always endeared himself, you know, to Cleveland a little bit. And, you know, I think people really just really loved him on Twitter, especially this year when he was giving Manfred the business uh, about oh, yeah. what he, about how he was handling this COVID situation. And, you know, I, I think he's, he keeps on just the way he's just, uh, I don't know, trolling different teams about his free agency now he's like i welcome all offers and oh yeah you know, yeah all those all those problems he's like you know he's had with the astros you know he took a picture of himself outside minute Maid park he's like hey yes. astros <laughs> i'm home know, that was so funny <laughs> yeah so yeah, he's yeah, a troll I, I, he's he's a he's your typical troll but when he's on your yeah. side you love him right right and, and, and that's what and uh, he's never not on the indian side like even when he left he, he always says good things about his time with cleveland he always talks about, you know, the Indians in Cleveland in a positive light. So, you know, he's, he's always on the Indian side. So, yeah, it's just right. cool. And, and they have more awards to give out. And, and we, still got, we still got a finalist. Uh, I think it's tomorrow, right, for the MVP. Yeah. Uh, Jose Ramirez, a finalist for the MVP. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know that he's getting talked about like crazy for that, but I think he's a sneaky good contender. Uh, the way he finished, especially finished that season – propelling the Indians into the into the playoffs. Uh, so Indians could be bringing back some more hardware. Uh, and how incredible would that be to have a team get the, the Cy Young and the MVP uh, in the same season? Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, so, so now what we're going to do, we're going to transition. We did our little baseball sandwich, uh, or is it a football sandwich? I think you talk about what's inside the sandwich. So it was a baseball sandwich. We're going to transition back to football uh, and now we're really excited because, uh, uh, again, we're going to get into the Browns, we're going to get into the Texans, and we're excited to be bringing Cecil Shorts back into the podcast. All right, now we're excited. Again, return guest. Uh, again, we're calling this the episode of Champions because we had Ohio State champion Duran Grant on a little earlier. Now we've got Mount Union champion, uh, former NFL wide receiver, uh, current Houston Texans ambassador. And we're going to get into his new position since the last time we talked because he's a current high school football coach as well. Uh, but we're really excited to welcome back in Cecil Shorts the third. Cecil, welcome back to the Garage Beers podcast. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all having me on another time. Last time was fun, so I'm excited for, for this time. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, well, listen, your life is, uh, first of all, it's perfect timing because uh, as a former Texan yeah. and now as a Texan ambassador, uh, we've got Browns Texans coming up uh, this week. So we're excited to kind of dig into that. It's been a, a rocky road for the Texans uh, yeah. this year. Uh, obviously some turnover going on. Uh, Romeo Cornell at the helm. So we're excited to get into that. Uh, but again, our congratulations go to you because the last time we had talked was just before it was announced that you were jumping into the coaching ranks and <laughs> If you remember our episode with Cecil before, he talked a lot about the fact that he played for his dad uh, yeah. uh, 
and, and his dad was his coach, and you're kind of following the footsteps there, uh, getting into the coaching ranks. How has that been? How's that transition over into the coaching world been? It's been good, man. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, not, it's a lot of uh, checking up on kids and making sure they're in class or, you know, just understanding. Because as a player, you kind of just worried about yourself, right, and what you have to do on this particular play and how you prepare for games and making sure your body is ready. It's all about you. As a coach, it's about everybody on the team, the depth at each position, special teams and like schemes and all types of this other stuff, preparing for, um, you know, whatever may come from the, uh, the opposing team. So it's, it's definitely different. I'm learning a lot from the staff I'm with. Um, and we're on a, we, we, we got a pretty good team. We're five and one right now. Yeah. Um, we only nice. played, we only had seven games this year. And our last, our game this week got canceled because of COVID situations. Huh. Um, but we won our district, which is like conference in Ohio. So district here, I believe it's like conference in Ohio. So we won yep. our, we won our district and then we have a bye week for the first round of the playoffs. So our first week is uh first round. No, the first playoff game we had would be the Saturday after Thanksgiving at one o'clock. So we're, we're looking forward to it, but it's been, it's been cool, man. I, I love it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I love it. I love um, coaching the kids. I love preparing. Um, it's just a transition that I got to get, I had to get used to right away. I'm like, that is a lot of work. I got to do all this stuff. <laughs> But How many times have you thought about your dad and been like, like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I'm sorry for anything I ever did. Like, no clue at all. Like, no clue. Like, blind to it, right? I'm like, this blind. I'm thinking, oh, high school ball, yeah, we're just going to coach on, you know, Monday through whatever, and we'll be good. No. We're having, <laughs> we're having all, all types of meetings and preparation this and this, and now I'm like, ooh, okay, all right, all right, all right. I had to get my That's mind right, but. It's been good, man. That's what I was going to ask you is, uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, Texas is one of the, like, the premier states for high school football. Like, how yeah. sophisticated is it? Like, are you watching more film, like, now as a coach just as much as you were when you were an NFL player? Or, like, you know, what, what, what's, what, what else goes into it? How sophisticated is it down there? I'll, I'll, be, I'll be lying to you if I said we didn't watch tons of film. And yeah. – you, I, to be honest, when I come with it, when you come with the NFL tag, they expect more out of you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm my first year. I'm a rookie as a coach. They're like, so hey, blow me away with some new play. I'm like, new play. He'll put me on the spot. Like, Give me a new play. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Run right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you coach, go. I played for the Jaguars. <laughs> like we lost every game. <laughs> we like what? What the heck? Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of film work. It's a lot of preparation. It's a lot of communication. Um, communication with the players. Communication with the other coaches. The different ideas bouncing off each other. And I had to learn to. For me, when I was a player, it's like, well, simple, simple stuff is better, right? So we may run whatever we're good at. We may run that each week, but we'll put it in different formations. Yeah. And different yeah. guys are running. So it's not like a completely different offense. It just looks different to the defense, but it's the same stuff that we do. So um, instead of coming up with brand new plays every week and trying to scheme and do all this, this stuff, it's like, no, nah, let's keep it simple. What, what do our guys do well? Let's put them in position to be successful. That's what I learned a lot from our head coach, Terry Pardo, man. He does a good job preparing. He does a good job letting us have fun with the guys. And um, it, it's, it's been a good experience, but it's definitely a lot of work. Yeah. So have you, have you reached out? Did you reach out to anybody for advice? Going yeah. Into it? yeah. So um, 
<laughs> a friend of mine, we played together in Jacksonville, Mike Brown. He's a receivers coach for the University of Cincinnati. And they're actually doing nice. pretty good. I think they're number yeah, they're five right in the country or six in the country. Yeah. Um, and he was like, don't do it, see. Don't coach. I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do it. I'm like, what you talking about? I'm like, it's not college. Like, I don't got to go recruit. Like, is he, you know, he has, he's busy, you know, full time with that stuff. Right. I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I should listen to him. I shouldn't have been. He's like, number one, you're going to love it. Number two, it's time consuming. And, um, you know, I got a big family as he is. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. but no, he, he I, I talked to a few guys and this give me tips, just build relationships with guys. Um, the guys that he said, the guys that you remember as good coaches, the guys that you liked when you were growing up, who made the biggest impact on you kind of use what they did or, you know, take what they did here and there and, and apply it to how you coach. So, you know, I, I got some good advice. Um, of course, I asked my dad some things, but it's it, it's been good, man. Eventually, I want to be a head coach. My goal is okay. to be a head coach at a high school, at a public school um, down here. So, uh, there's no time limit. I'm patient. I don't, I'm not in a rush, but eventually, I do want to be a head coach down here. It's a it's a it's a heck of a world down there in Texas. Again, I, I told you it's different. <laughs> I was around Texas high school football for a couple of years. It is it's crazy, especially when you get in. You know, you're in the Houston area. You get into the big cities. Those schools yeah. are enormous. You you were telling us some of those high schools are bigger than Mount Union. Yeah, uh, easily, easily, man. It's it's a it's a crazy atmosphere. But yeah, so you're at, it's at Second Baptist High School, right? Yep, Second Baptist High School in in the city of Houston. So. We're a private school, um, and it's different than Ohio, right? Because Ohio, private, private schools and public schools are all together. It's all about your enrollment, right? So Division Correct. One, as you have the most enrollment, Division Two, second most, going on and on. In Texas, there's UIL, which is like OSHA. Yep. But it's all public school. And then there's TAPS, which is all private school. Yep. So the public school and private schools are separate. So they have their own divisions within the UIL and then within the within the taps so it's pretty cool because like the first five games of the year they call them preseason which is really like in Ohio that would be like our non-conference or independent games and then the last five games of the year will be your district games or in Ohio we call that conference games right so that that's those are the games that really matter the conference slash district games so um you really if you win your district you you, that's how you get in the playoffs because the preseason this really doesn't matter like that, even though, you know, you're competitive, you want to play well against whoever. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's different. So adjusting to that was that was different is learning their language and lingo. Because um, I'm like, wait, in Ohio, you know, we're men. You know, everybody plays together. <laughs> and we're, not, we're not scared of anybody. <laughs> yeah. Right? But, but yeah. in reality, I think it is. I think of St. Ed's and Ignatius were all in, you know, one division separate from the public schools. That would be interesting. Right. That would be interesting. Yeah. Mm, to see yeah. how those schools, you know, Cincinnati or Cincinnati, it's uh, is it Moeller down there? Yep. Cincinnati Moeller mm-hmm. and St. X and all those were in their own, you know, their whole own league. That would be that would be yeah. interesting to see how that you know turns out. But you know, it's there's so many schools down here. They had to separate some type of way. They're actually going that way. See, so like there's the, they're making like an uh, all Catholic league next year. There's going to be like Lake Catholic, Walsh Jesuit, uh, Padua. Like they're all going to be in the same conference next year they're, they're, really? they're so they're it's not it's not going to be like obviously it's not going to be separated into like districts because they're still going to mm-hmm. play like public schools in their non-conference game but they're making that like i like, like it. A pr- private schools like all oh yeah so yeah it's interesting that's pretty yeah, cool we'll see how that rolls yeah 
Well, hey, congratulations, man. That's again, that's a that's a development that looked like it happened real quick, real shortly after we talked at the end of May. Uh, so uh, congrats on that. I'm glad you're loving it. Uh, obviously, you bring a lot of uh, experience and expertise, and uh, it's got to be cool for those kids too, having an NFL former NFL player uh, on the sidelines coaching them up. Are you are you are you like a, just an assistant coach? Are you specializing with like the receivers or? Uh, anything like the just offense, defense, what are you doing? So I coach uh, punt return and kick returners. I coach the receivers, and then I'm helping with the passing game. So I'm like the a passing game coordinator. Nice. Um, so, like I said, eventually the goal is to continue to move up. I want to be an offensive coordinator eventually within the next year or two. Um, and then eventually, whenever that time comes, be a head coach. But I, I'm trying to just – I feel like the proper way to do it is work your way up the ladder, right? Start sure. at the bottom, sure. completely sure. work up. Make sure you, I'm on my P's and Q's with the run game, with the defense, yeah. with the offense, just learning everything as a whole. Um, and I, I know a lot, but there's so much more I can learn. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so much more situational stuff that I can learn. And in the at the place right now, I feel comfortable I can learn everything I need to, to be able to be a head coach one day. So starting at the bottom, um, receiver coach, returner coach, and I'm loving it. I got some good athletes there. And then just trying to work my way up, man. Yeah. Well, when you're well, when you're ready to be a head coach, I have Billy Bob Thornton on speed dial. He was a head coach at Permian. <laughs> he was a head coach at Permian. I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> I'm skim your number. He can give you tips. <laughs> We're good to uh, go. All right, cool, man. That would be cool. <laughs> no, yeah, tips, advice. Watch that movie, and then don't ever give that speech. Ever. <laughs> worst yeah. speech. I was like, Billy Bob Thornton's never even seen a football game when I watched that movie. I was like, he's never even watched football based on this movie. All right, so let's get into uh, some exciting stuff going on this weekend. Uh, We have got – you also, again, we knew this uh, last time we talked, you're working for a radio station down there, 610. Uh, You're you're, uh, a Texans ambassador, and you do a lot of talk about the Texans. Mm -hmm. And so uh, obviously us coming out of the Cleveland area, we got Browns and Texans this week. Browns coming out of the bye week. Texans have been through the ringer this year. Uh, let's just talk a little bit. Give us some insight on the Texans for this upcoming week and uh, uh, what it's been like covering the team and being part of the team uh, this year. It's been one of the craziest years, off seasons and years for the Texans, especially since I've been um, in Houston. So, you know, obviously, you know, Bill O'Brien got fired. But before he got fired, he made all these trades, traded DeAndre Hopkins, brought in David Johnson, spent a bunch of money on, on some guys. He traded um, two first-round draft picks and two second-round draft picks to the Miami Dolphins um, for, Lar- for Laramie Tunsil. Now, Laramie Tunsil is legit. He's, he's one of the better left tackles in the league by far, top five easily. He is playing his butt off this year. Um, but what's sad is, with everything that Bill O'Brien done, and he getting fired, um, they obviously have no GM now because he was a GM. They have no yeah. head coach because he was the head coach. Um, and then you have no first round or no second round picks. And you're sitting there at two and six, and the Dolphins are going to have another top five pick because you traded it to them. So they're in a situation where they're, I think the Dolphins are five and three. Right. And they, they'll have, they have, they still have their first round pick and second round pick. Now they have the Texans' first round pick and second oh. round pick. So it's like, hey, and, they, and they're doing all right. Their defense is playing lights out, and Coach, yeah. Coach Flores got them guys going. But it's been nothing but but turmoil here, man. We just got through the trade deadline. You heard about Will Fuller possibly getting traded. You heard about a lot of receivers. J.J. Watt's name came up. 
Um, but ultimately what the Texans staff above are thinking is our roster is too good um, to just break it down because you're in a, a situation where it's like you could rebuild or you could try to stick with these guys and win. And they don't want to go through the rebuilding process with the Deshaun Watson. They think he is the real deal, which he is. He is, he is legit the, the real deal. To me, he's a top five, top six quarterback in the NFL. Um, but he needs some help. It, it just can't be. It just can't be him. <laughs> he needs. A, he needs a defense to stop somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, they didn't have anyone himself. in the front office to actually make the trades, right? <laughs> yeah, they need somebody. The GM yeah, was right. gone. <laughs> need a GM at least. Yeah. yeah, that's actually what I was going to ask you about. Not the GM part, but I, they they must. The organization must trust their core players. Um, enough that they felt that there wasn't any necessary moves that they need to make at this trade deadline. Kind of weather the storm that they're in right now. Maybe see what they can do in the off season. Is that kind of what they're thinking down there? Yeah, the the owner. Um, I spoke to the owner. Um, his wife and my wife are good friends, so we see each other at the kids' baseball games and stuff. So we had a conversation. But they they believe they're good enough to win. And if you look at the next three games, um, they have the Browns, they have New England, and they have the Lions. Those games are three winnable games. If they, you know, that they come out to play and they can be five and six if they win those three. And guess what? Now they're back in the playoff hunt. And they think, you know, they spent some money at linebacker. They got two linebackers that, that are paid. They got Deshaun Watson, uh, uh, Laramie Tunsil, the left tackle. They got some receivers out there, Will Fuller and those guys. So they, they think they got a shot to still outside make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Outside chance to make the playoffs. Now, what they were thinking, though, the only way they're going to give up somebody uh, in the trade deadline was to if they're going to get a lot back. Like I mentioned, they had no first round or second round pick this year. They have right. picks for the third round, which which yeah. stinks for whatever GM is coming, which stinks for whatever uh, head coach is coming. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So it's like they were like, if we're not going to get at least that stuff back, there's no point of trading anybody. Well, let's just try to win. You can't trade Will Fuller. That's your number one target. Who is Deshaun going to throw to? You know what I mean? Like, so it's like <laughs> – and, and Brandon Cooks has been good, especially as of late. The last four games, he's like – Average six catches and about 93 yards. He's been he's been efficient, but he's always been good wherever he's at. Um, can't figure out why he keeps getting traded, but he's always been good wherever he's at. But it's like if you take away Will Fuller, who you got? You take JJ Watt, who's who's gonna give you any type of pass rush? Like anything. Okay. Like right. anything. So it's like it's but to me at the same time, it's like, okay, you probably should trade JJ because if you if you're gonna get anything for him, it's gonna be this year. Who right. knows what's gonna happen next year? He gets this a year older, another year worn down. Um, so it's, it's interesting, man, how this is going, but they're, they're still fighting to think they can make the playoffs this year. Now you, well, can, like see the, now you can see the frustration, Cecil, like when, like in JJ in the press conference, like he's, you know, he was like, I want to be, I want to be somewhere where I can win. You know, they traded away Deandre Hopkins, uh, in, in the off season, uh, you know, and what was, you know, and obviously, and obviously Bill O'Brien, like you said, just got fired. What were like, they doing? What, what was the feeling within the organization when that, when, when that trade happened? It was frustration. Like, yeah. he lost the players, in my opinion, in the offseason. When you yeah. trade your best receiver and then he goes to Arizona and is lighting things up like he's he been doing for you. I mean, yeah. he's top top two or three in every category as a receiver. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Like, he's lighting it up. And Deshaun is like, you took my best receiver away without <laughs> even talking to me. Without even – like, what are you doing? Right. Like, who cares if he's talking about he wants more money? Who cares? I'll give him some of like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and DeAndre's not the type of guy. Like, when I was there in 2015, no, 2016, I was my second year there in 2016, he held out for one day. 
He like, Cecil, should I hold out? I'm like, yeah, we got your back, man. Just missed a little bit of training camp, whatever. He felt so he felt so bad. Sorry, y'all. He felt so bad um, holding out for one day. He came back the following day. Right. So he's not the type of guy that's going to be like, yo, I'm holding out for the whole training camp. He's going to play. He loves the game. He loves it. He's a true teammate. He's like uh, the opposite of all these deeper receivers. Now, he does dress funny. I don't agree with all his dressing. <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's just what it is. You know, I don't, you know, okay. he's, he likes the European style. You know, he likes all that stuff. Some listen, stuff I like, a hey, lot of it I don't. Just not my listen, type of thing. Listen, you do what he's crazy. doing in Arizona, dress however you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wear a exactly. Who cares? Exactly. Doesn't matter. I was so stupid. Like, oh, it drove me crazy. So it was, he lost the team in the offseason, in my opinion. Because now you're bringing in an old guy named David Johnson who hasn't, hasn't had a, a legit year since 2016, well, tons of injuries, tons yeah. of injuries. No, it's just you know he was awesome when he was healthy, but wasn't the yeah. same since he'd been hurt after, in year after year after year. Yep. And you only get a second round pick for DeAndre. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you might as well play Madden. I make better trades on Madden than that. <laughs> like, it's, it's a second round pick. That's a trade that gets. If you make that trade in fantasy football, the entire league is like begging the commissioner of the league to veto it like no 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 no. that is yep. not that is not fair <laughs> it is it, it was amazing so and then throughout the year early on man it was a situation where jj got in an argument with bill o'brien like week yeah. the week of the pittsburgh game i think it was like week three mm-hmm. and you know he lost the guys he was desperate you know what i mean he just he was he had too much control and he didn't trust anybody and he thought he was the big dog and doing all this stuff and he rubbed people the wrong way he did not um, – he did not – they always say don't burn bridges. Well, he burned every bridge that he came across. Uh, that's just that's just what it was, man. So it was it was time for him to go. Well, and they're making – you know, it's, it, you know it's a season of, of bad news uh, and, and a little bit of dysfunction because they made more news today. Uh, my phone blew up this morning uh, where the Texans fired their, their PR, their head of PR, uh, Amy Palsic. Yeah. Who, uh, worked with the Browns for quite a while, actually. Yeah. And, and it, it was all over the news. Uh, Adam Schefter was talking about it. Uh, Sports Center was talking about it. And even J.J. Watt came out. And and somebody asked J.J., you know, what he thought of that move. And he said, you see what everybody's saying out there. That should tell you what I think of that move. Like, think think about like nothing's many, going right. <laughs> think about how many PR firings you, you hear about, this in general, right? Right. Yeah. You oh, never yeah. hear of that. And then the fact that you fired this lady who Amy was amazing, did an yeah. awesome job. I believe she started in Cleveland, but did an yeah. awesome job wherever she was at, one of the best in the league, period. Like whoever gets her is going to be blessed because she is amazing. Fun to be around, serious about her job, gets her job done. And then you fire because it's not a cultural fit. What kind of culture are you trying to fit over there? Like what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> And why are you firing somebody in the middle of the year? Like, what are, what are you doing? Like, right. why are you firing a PR? Like, if anything, you need better PR, right? If anything. Yeah. Because of all the stuff you've done in the past. Like she's, trying to, she's trying to help you get better right. at what you're putting and out navigate there, right? She's through trying to help this. you, your yeah, yeah. image. And then yeah, you let her exactly. go. Now, now who's your PR person? Like, what <laughs> you going to do now? Hey, Houston, you are in the Romeo Cronell phase. Like this is you know sad, what this is man. like. You need PR. <laughs> this, this is this is sad. Hey, you know what's funny? There's a lot of connections between the Browns and the Texans. This this game, yeah. isn't it? Romeo, yeah. Duke Johnson, 
uh, Pharaoh Brown. It's, it's a few more. Like, it's it's pretty cool. Right. That's right. That's right. Duke Johnson revenge game coming up this Sunday. Hey, he mad. I think I think Duke Duke probably be starting this week. I think David Johnson probably is going to be out with a concussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So Duke getting the start would be interesting to see how uh, we'll see how aggressive he. I want to see how they give him the ball. Uh, yeah, yeah that'll be interesting. Anytime Duke got a start in Cleveland, you might as well just chalk that up to forty-three yards rushing and one catch for six yards, and and, and they and would it, never give him the ball. And that wasn't his fault. And that wasn't his fault <laughs> because no. because. Uh, they didn't know how to use. They didn't know how to use him when it was clear how you should use him. <laughs> but so let's talk about the game because the Browns are coming off the bye week. Yeah. Before the bye week, just an atrocious loss to the Raiders, where the Browns had six possessions total in that game, and uh, they dropped every pass that they tried to complete, and they never one time forced a punt from the Raiders. So the Raiders just scored it, you know, or at least hung on to the ball at will. Uh, so Browns are trying to get right after that loss and, uh, and obviously two and six are the Texans, but you know, I think it says something. And I think that it's, it's a thing that Browns fans need to hear because it says something, what you said before uh, you've got the two and six Texans team that are just in turmoil all over the place. Mm-hmm. And yet what's the one thing you said about this game so far, it's a winnable game. <laughs> it, it's, it's winnable because I feel like, we don't know who the Browns really are yet. Any good yeah. team they played, they haven't lived up to the hype. They haven't played well. Any bad team they played, it's been a game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for you to be in the game with the rookie quarterback against the Bengals both times, you know what I mean? Like, to have the Bengals to hang in there says a lot about who you are. You know what I mean? For you to get pounded by the Raiders like you just talked about, says a lot about who you are. The Steelers – did. <laughs> the Steelers yeah. was embarrassing. Yeah. The yeah. Ravens yeah. was embarrassing. So it's like, yes, they're five and three. Awesome. Best record I've I've seen in a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right. So I'm happy. But there's there's inconsistencies in there. There's there's areas. And of course you make you miss Nick Chubb, right? You do. And, and yeah. oh, oh, you miss Odell. And that was frustrating trying to in the beginning of the year trying to figure out how to use him or whatever the case may be. But it's a winnable game. You just don't know who the Browns are mm-hmm. yet. Are they pretenders? Are they for real? If you ask me, I think I think it's still on. It's on the line. Like you don't know who exactly yeah. they are, and that's why I think the yeah. game is winnable. I, th- I think the Texans can go out there, and, and I'm not sold on their secondary as far as the the, the Browns. I do mm-hmm. like Ronnie Harrison from Alabama. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to be a baller. I do mm-hmm. enjoy Denzel Ward, but besides that, I'm not sure how solid they are back there. Um, but on the flip side, Texas can't stop a nosebleed. So, you know I mean? it's, it's, it's a game where either team can have a boost from it and go six and three, three and six. And the Texas win, they'll go three and six with New England coming up who's struggling, right? Oh, yeah. And the Lions yeah. who haven't been good since they hired this coach. <laughs> right. oh, you know what I mean? So, and then the Browns, six and three, put you, put you in position because it's possibly it could be an eight game, eight, you know, an 18 playoff on each division, each conference this year. So, you right. may have, you know, Eight teams from the AFC make it, and they obviously are in a tough division with the Ravens and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, so six and three will boost your stats up some. Yeah, it's it. I'll tell you, it's it's this game scares the shit out of me. Yeah, uh, me too. As a Browns fan, because mm-hmm. of Deshaun Watson, I'm not. That's what I'm not really afraid of Duke Johnson. 
Mm. I'm not really afraid of the wide receivers. Mm. Uh, not to say that they're not, you know, Will Fuller's had a, it's having a great year, uh, especially compared to years he's had in the past. But, you know, Randall Cobb, okay. Uh, Brandon Cooks is, is pretty good. But Deshaun Watson, man, against this defense where – there are just holes at the like the the slowest linebackers yep. and a yep. couple good defensive backs, a really good defensive line, uh, but but when guys are getting open like crazy, the defensive line gets rendered useless basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. This game scares. I, you know, this is just one of those games where I just feel like, how are we going to hold Deshaun Watson to to striking distance so we can win this game? It's it's, it's interesting because. One thing the Browns do do well is, is run football. And one thing the Texans don't do well is stop the run. And they can't run the football at all. Like, they're, they're, very, they're like 31st in the league in rushing the football. So if you can figure out a way to get pressure on Deshaun, um, and then, like you said, you don't got David Johnson this weekend. You guys know how Duke Johnson is. If anybody knows how Duke Johnson plays, it's the Browns. I know it's a new organization, <laughs> but you guys know him on them. You know what I mean? You see him every day at practice. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can slow down Deshaun. You know, Deshaun is somebody special. Even, even Deshaun has ties. I think at one point, Hugh Jackson texted Deshaun, like, hey, we're going to draft you at number 12. Oh, great. And then um, <laughs> there's somebody on the radio today. They, hey, we're going to draft you number 12. Next thing you know, they trade the pick. So he's like, wait, Houston gets it. What the heck is going on? So, um, yes, yeah, good job, son. but you know to be fair he wanted Deshaun. he wanted carson wentz you wanted i don't know joe montana (laughs) you 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 wanted wanted everybody you You wanted and and i but but i mean but i just want to point out right now i love the face that mike got frozen on right now like i don't know if you see mike froze oh he froze (laughs) (laughs) but um there he is is. he's back (laughs) There, there he is. He's back. Internet just decided there not to. There he is. <laughs> hey, I'm back. Well, let me ask y'all this. How do y'all feel about Baker? Because in, in my opinion, I think Baker is is Chase Daniel. Baker is a, a – a, to me, he's a above – he is a average quarterback at best. Yeah. You have – yeah. I was going to say, I, I think he's hey, exactly buddy. what <laughs> – What's up, buddy? <laughs> You got seven kids. Yeah, See, so that's what happens when you have one kid. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I think Baker is, um, yes, exactly what you said. I think he's average. Um, but I don't think this team is built to need a great or even like really good quarterback. Like they are – uh, very so reliant and built on the run, um, and uh, their tight end sets. I, I don't think that we need this like great uh, <laughs> messiah of a quarterback to be coming out of uh, uh, the Browns organization. I think that Baker fills his role very well, um, and you're going to have those games where he throws for 146 yards, but we might have 230 yards of rushing to back him up behind it. Yeah. Um, so while the stat sheet isn't always like eye-popping i think he fits the role of the team um but he's not going to put up aaron roger numbers or no. uh, uh kyler murray numbers or deshaun watson numbers um he's going to just kind of stay in that average role i'm just so impatient with him and this and it's because of his mouth in the offseason the last couple of years this yeah. year this year he's been awesome right but when you talk like that 
I expect you to back it up. When you talk oh, yeah. the way yeah. you talk and you're on all these commercials and you're doing all this stuff and then you don't back it up, I feel some type of way. I'm 32 yeah. years old. I'm trying to see the Browns win the Super Bowl. If you're going to talk this talk, I need you to come through. He hasn't. He hasn't. No. It, it frustrates no. me. Forget all the X's and O's. You're talking this mess. You're number one overall pick. I'm, I'm expecting the next Peyton Manning or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I want to hit on a <laughs> right. superstar. But right. like you mentioned, Joey, like, he's never going to be that guy, I don't think. And I, and I think the offense is catered to that way. You, you pound the rock with Chubb. You pound yeah. it with Kareem. You put Kareem in the slot. You can hit him in different ways. But, like, he's never going to be the guy to take over a game, if that makes sense. And I will say this, Cecil, and I will say this, I, and I think – what like you said like the offense is catered to him i i really and and that's what kind of makes me think that we actually finally have our coach is because we finally have a coach who plays to the strengths of uh, of the team that he has of the players that he has because you know in this system he's not asking baker to 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 do a ton but you know, you know, eventually, he's, there's going to be some games where Baker's going to have to win this on his win it on his arm. But I think it's I think the system that Stefanski has set up is setting up Baker for success. Now, I'm play de- go ahead, go ahead, Mike. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here for a minute. And Cecil, you've been in NFL locker rooms for a long time, so I, I, I'd love your opinion on this. So I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I don't want to be Mister Excuse at Maker. But four offensive schemes in three years to start this guy's career. Uh, like when I watch Baker, I see a guy that's got the arm. I see a guy that makes a lot of good decisions. Even if he makes a couple bad ones, you live with that. Plenty of the best quarterbacks of all time made bad decisions. Brett Favre was the king of that. Threw a ton of interceptions over his career, but he made plays. But to start a career going through head coach after head, four head coaches, uh, you know, like uh, four offensive systems. How much does that actually hamper a guy? And, and, and how, 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 how hard is that to overcome? I think, and I'm sorry if you hear crying in the background, but I think, That's all right. and, and I'll be fair, because I think you're absolutely right, Mike. Like, I, I was in Jacksonville. I had three head coaches in my four years there. I had three offensive coordinators. I had two owners and two GMs. Ain't no way in hell anybody's <laughs> going to win with that. Nobody. Right. So right. for Baker to be in that similar situation with the fourth, I don't know, fourth head coach or third scheme, whatever the case, whatever it is, it's tough. And you're right. It's hard to win when you're in this situation. And I'll admit, my expectations as a fan are extremely high for a number one overall pick. Sure. And I, and, I, and I admit, I wanted him to be the guy. When you talk like that, I wanted you to back it up. But you're right. In the scheme that he's in, in the, I'm sorry, the situation that he's in, it's hard to, to succeed like that, right? You have ups and downs. I've been a part of, of – I, I mentioned everything I was a part of, but I've seen quarterbacks look over their shoulder and worry about who's behind them after every yeah. play, after every bad mistake. When a quarterback can play free, when a quarterback understands his system, this is the first year in the system. I'm being, I'm being fair here. It's the first year in the system. It's going to take time to learn it, right? And when a guy knows look, – look how he played in Oklahoma. He was in that same system for two or three years. He was comfortable. Yeah. He understood. He was slinging the thing around. Look at anybody that's been in the system for a long time. They're going to produce and do well. So I expect mm-hmm. him over time, the next couple of years, to be able to play at a higher level than what he is now. 
What they have to do, though, what that coaching staff has to do is they have to keep him built up, though, because, like, take a game like they had against the Raiders last week or two weeks ago or whatever that was. His stats weren't great. Yeah. But Jarvis dropped a touchdown pass, which it wasn't the easiest catch on the planet, but that's a catch Jarvis Landry makes. Yes, absolutely. Jarvis dropped, what, two other passes in that game. Kareem Hunt dropped passes. David Njoku drops a pass on third down that extends a drive, and he just drops it. It's right in his hands. Like, I watched that game and thought Baker played completely in control, didn't do anything crazy, but made throws. Like, that throw he made to Jarvis that should have been a touchdown, that was a really good throw. And, like, I don't know. I feel like he's – I feel like he star- struggled a little bit at the start of the year, but I think he's looked more and more comfortable throughout the season. And, uh, you know, hopefully that means good things for the Browns. I, I just – I think you need to give him a minute. Okay, but let me ask you guys this, you know, uh, Mike and Cecil. Uh I would love that. I would love if he gets another, you know, two or three years in the same system to see how he, you know, how he, how he develops, you know, to see if he can be successful. But it it just seems like in today's NFL, you're not afforded that time. You have to be good. Like you have to be, you have to show in in just such a a minute amount of time that you have to, that you can be that guy. You know, what does he have to do for the rest of this year to show that, that, you know, that he deserves another chance? You're right, because if you look at what Joe Burrow's doing in Cincinnati, what Kyler Murray's doing in, you know, I'm about to yeah. say St. Louis. St. <laughs> 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 Louis Cardinals? That's old, old right? That's, that's baseball. Yeah. He did um, play baseball. Yeah, he did play baseball. But if you look at some of the younger – Justin Herbert coming in, balling. If you yeah. look at some of the guys – now, to be fair, Baker's first year when he came in, he was throwing the thing around. He was yeah. doing what he was supposed to be yeah. doing. You know what I mean? Is, just, it, is it apples to apples? Right? Like, like Joe Burrow's throwing the ball 60 times a game. He is. He's throwing they it don't run the ball in Cincinnati. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. he's going to throw for 300 and some yards. And, you know, like, he's throwing – he threw the ball 60 times against the Browns. What? Yeah. That's a rookie. What are you doing to that kid? I, I think to answer your question, Chad, I think he needs to play turnover-free football, right? And mm-hmm. not lose the game. If he doesn't lose the game, I think he'll be fine. He'll he'll get better as the year goes on, right? I, I think he's more comfortable with Odell not in the game. I'm just gonna be honest. With Odell, I think he felt pressure. I think he felt pressured. He had to give him the ball. He had to force the ball in some ways, and he felt like he had to target him. So I think he forced a lot of those throws. So I think a lot of bad turnovers came from him trying to force the ball. Where he has so many weapons, right? So now I think he's more calm. He's more relaxed. Just go through your progression. Just go through your reads. You're yes. smart enough. You're but you're good enough. You have the arm strength enough to make any throw on the field. You're accurate enough to do it. Let's go through your reads who's open, hit him. So I think if he just plays mistake-free football, his confidence will be built up. The biggest thing for me for quarterbacks is confidence. Once he yeah. gets his confidence back up, he'll be playing like we saw him in Oklahoma. But he has to build that back up because it's tough being in Cleveland and it's tough having, like Mike said, so many coordinators and coaches throughout the years. So we got the five and three Browns, the two and what, two and six? Yeah, two and six Texans. Yeah. yeah. We got both teams getting a little healthier, right? Nick Chubb's coming back. Yeah. Uh, so great news for the Browns. But Austin Hooper also coming back. Wyatt Teller on the offensive line coming back. Oh, uh, my guy. <laughs> my guy. Listen, Dad's I got I to gotta tell you guys this. Like, So he was quoted today, right? He had a calf injury. He was out the last couple of weeks with a calf injury. So, <laughs> see, so I don't know if you saw this, but this is great. He said, he said the, the boot – 
the boot he was in for the past couple of weeks with a calf injury gave him a pimp walk. <laughs> <laughs> your big, your right guard. Oh my god. Is that is that what you look for in your right guard? You want to have a pimp walk? You want, pimp <laughs> oh, walk? You want those type uh, of close quotes? <laughs> a, 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 well, the thing is like a pimp walk, but like before that, I mean that's the reason why I got his jersey is he said he, he said um he was said something I don't remember the exact quote, but he was like, you know, Joel and Joel Batonio and uh uh, God, who's a Treader. Joe, Joe Batonio and Treader make the calls. They just tell me where to go, and I go mall people. That 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 was, that was what attracted that's, that's, me. That's, that's what you want your right guard to that's do. That's what you want to hear right there. That's yeah. it. Right He's like, and I just go mall people. I'm a mauler. I go mall people, and I'm like, yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> Let's do that. So Browns get a little healthier, but the Texans are getting a little healthier too, especially on defense. They've had some injuries on defense, but I know some defensive players coming back for the Texans. Uh, this week so let's kind of uh, let's wrap things up and just uh, kind of give us your final impressions how do you think this game's going to go between the Browns and the Texans this week I think it's going to be a close game um, I'm giving it if I had to make a prediction I'll say uh, 31-28 uh, Browns I say I say the Browns pull it out um, Deshaun is the only thing on that offense if you get a any type of turnover or any type of pressure because the offensive line for the Texans is struggling this year. And that was a surprise because uh, last year we had, uh, I think we, the Texans had two rookies coming <laughs> in and they played pretty well. And the right tackle, Tyus Howard's playing well, but the left guard got benched early in the year, Mac Sharping, uh, who's actually a Mac guy, went to Northern, uh, Northern Illinois. He got benched this year. So they brought, they brought in a, a veteran guy to fill that role. And then the, the center guard, I don't know if that line can handle Miles Garrett and company. I was going to be honest with you. If yeah. you get pressure on Deshaun, um, the Texas defense is not that impressive. So I think it'll be high scoring because Deshaun, he'll hang around a little bit, but I think I'll give it to the Browns, 31-28. Man, I can't do, can, one time, can one time the Browns just do like uh, 40 to 14? And I don't have to have a heart attack on my couch. It wouldn't be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be right. That's asking too much, and I know it is. All right, well. Cecil, hey, man, thank you so much for jumping on with us again. Coaching down there, uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Uh, you know, as you guys got a bye week in the playoffs, so yeah. you're prepping for uh, week two in the playoffs already. Uh, but good luck in the playoffs. Uh, we'll be we'll be following along, rooting for you down there in your first year of coaching high school football. And uh, you can also catch Cecil on 610 uh, if you want to hear some perspective on the Texans you can jump on, uh, I'm sure, one of the apps you can jump on and listen to him before the game, uh, get his perspective. But Cecil, thanks so much for jumping on, and I hope your prediction comes true. Yeah. Hey, hey, thanks, fellas. Always fun. And uh, let's not let's not wait so long to have you back on again. This is no, a good time. No way. Right. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, man, while we get off here, I'm just going to text you Billy Bob's phone number so you can just start getting some advice. <laughs> hey, there we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, Cecil, have a good one. Thank you. Take care, y'all. All right, and our thanks again to former NFL wide receiver, Mountain Union, flipping Hall of Famer. I don't know if that's true yet, but I'm sure it will be at some point. They should put a statue up of him. On it. Uh, National champion with Mountain Union, Cecil Shorts, uh, joined us to talk about the Browns and the Texans. He is on AM 610 down there in Houston. uh, as He is a Texans ambassador, and he still talks Texans on the radio down there. So, uh, you heard his prediction, guys. Uh, 
he he knows the Texans about as well as anybody. It's been a crazy, crazy freaking year down there in Houston, and he thinks the Browns are going to pull out a semi-high scoring but close win against Houston. That that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good. I'm excited about that. Of course, and, and you know, and the, the beautiful part about the NFL is there's no style points. So as long as you win, you're, right. it's it's a W. So that's the beautiful part about the NFL. So 31-28, Browns win, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. So that game coming up this weekend on Sunday, Browns looking to get to 6-3 and three after a real disappointing loss to the Raiders. Uh, but this is that key. We talked about it with Cameron Justice last week, that key three-game stretch against the Texans, the Eagles, and the Jaguars. We are embarking upon that now, three games that they need to win. Uh, so we'll see if the Browns can uh, pull through with those wins. Uh, but, yeah, you know, with, with two interviews and Cy Young Awards and all stuff going on, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us. Guys, what else, what else do you have before we get out of here? I got something. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, so something happened this past Saturday. Um, the, we have a president now, a new if one. This is Kenneth Copeland. Is this Kenneth Copeland? Please Let me God. do my intro. Let me do my intro. I was just going to. I was going to. I was going to be. It is. We got to get political here because this is a sports podcast. Um, but politics, our, it's our good friend, Mr. Kenneth Copeland. Yes. He, uh, view my air quotes here. The evangelicist uh, preacher who also takes uh, gonna, <laughs> takes all the church's money and has a very lavish sports lifestyle that he doesn't tell us. Anyways, he spends too much money that's not his. Um, and lots of cocaine. He also kind of looks like the devil. I don't know. It just kind of feels like it. He could be the antichrist. Um, he has, yes, he has like it? he has like a wax. Like he's he's like he, he, like his face is made of wax. Like I, I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> It's like, like Madam devilish eyes, yeah, you know. Right. Like, like, he, like he has a like he has a he has a statue in Madame Tussauds Wax Museum that looks more human than he actually looks like in real life. I think. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> uh, anyways, right, so so for so those happened? who don't remember Kenneth Copeland or live under a rock, it's the guy that was like COVID nineteen, I blow, and then like blew the COVID nineteen away, which spreads it more like that <laughs> is not how COVID-19 works. Anyways, here he is talking about the election. The media said what? <laughs> the media said Joe Biden's president. So, um, um, that, that's weird that, it, um, I'm trying to think of like a situation that I would ever laugh like that. Um, no. a, a no. couple of things come to mind. If, um, I'm being held at gunpoint against my will and, uh, my, my captors are doing a comedy sketch in front of me and I'm laughing for my life while having a gunpoint in my head. I think I would laugh similar to that. Uh-huh. 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 And then the kind of genuine laugh came when he was gasping for air because he's fucking 90 years old and can barely stand on the stage. I think, thank God he's got a podium up there, but 
it sounds like we've talked about just some like just some like d-list horror movies that's what that sounded like that sounds like monster just came out of the toilet and kenneth copeland is there kenneth copeland is a d-list horror movie in real life (laughs) yes the documentary oh my god what what is what is worse like like okay so kenneth copeland's Net value is like three hundred million dollars. Okay, like like it's it's, but but like I almost can't even blame him. You can, like it, it's what amazes me more is the people who follow him and believe all of this bullshit, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's right? just I I don't even know how to like even like refute that like that. <laughs> Listen, man. You you be you be whatever religion you want. You be you you do you with that. The only the only ones that kill me are the guys like that, where you, they are so clearly just out to make money, right? And, and yeah. right. be famous, and that's all they care about. That's it, right. in the history of those big evangelical TV guys. That's all they care about is right. just making as much money as possible. Yeah. Right. Don't don't do that. Don't pick that religion. Pick any Joel, other religion. Do Joel, any of the other things. Joel Osteen do or Osteen or whatever his name is, not opening the doors for people during the hurricane. Like what an asshole, right? Yeah, his like church <laughs> is yeah. where the Houston Rockets used to play. Yeah, like if you're as godly, arena. if you're as godly as you're supposed to be, you're gonna let people in. Okay. That's like the fucking that's like fucking Noah's Ark during a hurricane. Let him in, you dumbass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's like yeah. that's like a really, really shitty like how Halloween like haunted like house that you're walking <laughs> through. Or it's like a hayride or something at like I don't know, like the driving range that you go to and they have like a little hayride that goes out through the trees and there's some asshole with a pumpkin jack-o'-lantern hat on like ha 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 chasing with the he sounds like he sounds like an idiot trying to do the santa claus laugh from a christmas story but he doesn't know how to do it oh totally (laughs) nailed it listen anytime we can have kenneth copeland actually i think we should have him on the podcast we chad Chad, I think we should bring him on. Uh, I don't know how long he's going to last because I'm not going to be nice. At no, all. I won't. I wouldn't be nice either. Yeah, no. but I think we should do it uh, because he has been such an integral part to the beginning of this podcast for us. Well, and he's also blowing. been such an in, well, he's been such an integral part in uh, COVID relief, like because he's getting rid of COVID. Right. Well, no, he's blowing it for sure. <laughs> 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 oh, oh my god! And and like, excuse me, Kenneth. How did it feel to blow COVID? <laughs> but it, you, and you can't see this because this is a podcast. Uh, but in the video where he's like laughing at these people or Joe Biden, I don't really know. He's laughing. Um, there's like 200 people in this room, shoulder to shoulder, bro. You are killing your fan base. <laughs> Literally killing them. Not with your humor, not with your laughs. 
you're murdering them with COVID and Has- social distancing Has- protocols. Has- Hashtag Kenneth Copeland blows COVID. <laughs> this shit has gone off the rails. <laughs> gone off the rails on the Garage Beers podcast. This is what we're here for. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I got to be done with this. We got to be done best. with this. This is the best. I'm glad, of my life. Joey. Thank you for that last bit that we needed so much in our lives. We want to say thank you to our special guests here on the podcast, <laughs> the champions, uh, Duran Grant from Ohio State, talking about Ohio State, and also uh, champion with the Mountain Union uh, Purple Raiders, Cecil Shorts, coming on to talk about Texans and Browns. We appreciate them. Go find them on social media. Give them a follow. Uh-oh. I got one more thing. There's one oh, more funny no. thing. It might not be as funny, um, but last weekend before the Ohio State game, I don't even remember who they played last week. Sorry. Um, Rutgers. Rutgers. Uh, I was wearing a, an Ohio State uh, hoodie at an outdoor farmer's market, outdoors, faced out, um, and this guy went OH, and I was talking to my girlfriend, and I didn't hear him say OH, but she heard him say it, and she's like, that guy just call you a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing we do in Ohio. If you see somebody else wearing an Ohio State sweatshirt, you just look at them and go, hey, bitch. <laughs> hey, bitch. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, bitch. I, oh, uh, I-O. <laughs> oh, oh, I-O. Oh, I-O, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. All right, that that's enough out of you, Joe, uh, sorry. on the comedic relief. Uh, so again, thank you to Duran Grant and Cecil Shorts. For jumping on the podcast with us, check out the Browns and the Texans. Browns looking to go to six and three uh, this weekend. You will not be checking out Ohio State as Maryland got the COVID, uh, uh, and so we will not be watching Ohio State play Maryland. But uh, as much of a bummer as that is, Ohio or the Browns can make up for it on Sunday. So again, thank you to all of you who listen on the podcast. Go give us a, a subscribe, give us a rating, share us with your friends. And again, get onto our social media pages, suggest some beers. Do you know any good beers that we haven't had on the podcast that you want us to have on? Let us know on social media. We will have them on and give you a shout out as well. That's at the garage beers on Twitter and on Instagram. And then go find us on Facebook at the garage beers podcast. But for Joey and Chad, I'm Michael Keefe. Thank you for listening to episode 38. And until next week, cheers, everybody. Cheers.